Welcome to Rethink Retirement. This is a Next Up podcast, and we're trying to show people how to use their skills and their experience as you move into retirement or unretirement, as we like to call it. I'm Victoria Tomlinson. And I'm Trevor Hatton. Each episode, we invite a guest to share their story of leaving traditional working life and starting new things. And I know what a challenging time this can be. So we hope that these experiences will help you with ideas and perhaps inspire you if things are harder at the moment than you expected. Today, we're delighted to welcome Dr. Angela Herbert, MBE. Angela, you've had a, a really interesting career, starting in the criminal justice system and now focused on coaching and mentoring individuals to improve their lives and the people connected to them. And as if that wasn't enough, at the age of 61, you have launched Made on Purpose with a focus on girls and women. Hi, Angela. Uh, good morning, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, Angela, could you just kick us off with a bit about your story, background, how you got to where you are now? Okay, so uh, I'm now 61, I'm almost 62. So, giving me such a blank canvas, I could go on, but I won't. I started to volunteer in the criminal justice system when I was 24. Why did I do that? I became a born again Christian. There's a bit in the Bible that says I was in prison and you visited me not. And so I took that quite literally and I started to do prison visits. And so once a month on a Sunday, I would spend a day at um, Feltham Young Offenders Institution. And I then started to develop like programs. I didn't go in with sort of like, oh, poor things. I felt whatever our situation is in life, it's an opportunity to start something new as opposed to wallow on what happened. So I created a series of programs. I did that for 12 years. And then um, I was made redundant in my job, which I was a nursery manager. I set up nurseries for Hammersmith and Fulham. And uh, so I was gonna be made redundant. So I wanted to do something around teaching in the criminal justice system. So started my teaching qualification to deliver courses at Feltham. But my uh, tutors didn't want to travel to Felton, and they also weren't keen to be in a prison because that was kind of scary. I started to volunteer then at Wormwood Scrubs in London, was observed with my teaching practice there. I volunteered there for a further year, making 13 years volunteering. And then I thought, right, time to move on and get myself a paid job. I was always working, by the way. This was just the um, my side hustle, as it were, but I thought I was teaching a program that I developed called uh, Internal and External Issues that Develop Personal Development, so it's around self-esteem, mm -hmm. and so for my self-esteem, there were three other tutors at the time that were being paid for teaching bridge with four students, and I had around, I don't know, 30 or more, and every time I went in to the prison, I had more students, and I had to cut off at 60, so I thought at that point, now nah, I've got to be paid. So I told the guys that I was going to move on, you know, for my own self-esteem. And then the next time I went to take a class, I was invited to a meeting with the prison governor. I was thinking, you know, whatever for. And there was a petition of over a thousand names saying that I should stay, which is really, oh, I mean, it's really goodness, what validation, yeah. what validation. Yeah, so, so I mean, most of these guys did obviously didn't know me, but however they did it, they managed to get this together. And so I started being paid as a, as a sessional tutor, but I went on to become 
curriculum coordinator, deputy, then education manager, and then a governor grade as head of learning and skills. Very different to my peers, the only black person in senior leadership at the time. So I couldn't hide behind anyone. So anything I did, I did differently. If anyone said it was Angela, I couldn't really hide. And so I was really innovative about what I did and how I did it. And then in 2008, I was um, managed moved to headquarters, so prison service headquarters, where what I was doing locally around improving education and skills for prisoners and also training for staff. I, I was then doing that on a national level. I haven't quite retired. I will in a couple of months time, HMPPS. I have a national role, which is around improving prisoners' relationships with their families and significant others. So I wrote the policy, lots of stuff around that. And I work with the wonderful Lord Farmer and Dr. Samantha Callum, his parliamentary advisor. And so I'm kind of winding down on that. That was That's my career. But as well as that, I'm a transformational coach. I'm a public speaker. I'm an author. And to be fair, I make most use of every day. And that's important. You absolutely do, Angela. And we came across you and contacted you because of launching Made on Purpose as you were. I think it was just recently you did that, didn't you? Tell me about that and what led to launching that. You know, at an age when, dare I say it, lots of people might be saying to you, oh, shouldn't you be retiring now in, in that kind of awful voice, if you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've always had in work. I have one name, but outside I'm uh, Dr. Angela Herbert. And the reason being, there was always be someone that tries to stifle you from being who you are. So if I was someone completely different, and I'm Angela Herbert, that's my father's name. So I've always done something. Me retiring from HMPPS would not make a difference to my life. In actual fact, it's a catalyst to promote and do something further. So I, age 24, I started volunteering in male prisons. And, and I've always invested in males because I felt that if I did that, I'd be able to spare women the hurt of abuse, etc. And so that was why I worked with men. And for my 61st birthday, I wanted to do something different. I was supposed to have a big 60th if my children had planned and everything. Of course, COVID uh, shut that down. And so I thought, right, what can I do that's different? And so I decided to write my story. And what I did was wrote a a book and it within it, it had poetry it had sort of like some affirmations and a friend of mine who edited the book said there were three books in one and I wanted to launch something on my birthday because I wanted to mark it I tend to mark certain years with something so my 57th they had a, a birthday party I invited people but they all had to pay 30 pounds I did everything else but they had to pay 30 pounds and I gave away the 30 pounds to three charities and, and that was what I did. So for my 61st, having not been able to celebrate my 60th with everybody, I launched Made On Purpose. Because when I looked at my story, there isn't anything that I've experienced that prevented me from doing what I do. And I consider myself to be quite formidable, not because anyone's told me, because I know this. And if as individuals, we don't know who we are, then we're unlikely to be able to fulfill what is our purpose. And whatever our our experiences, I believe they are for a reason. And my story is not, you know, roses or uh, strawberries and cream. There is some of that within it, but my rose have thorns on them. And you couldn't appreciate the beauty of a rose without actually recognizing that the thorns are there for a purpose. 
And so that's what led me to that. Whatever we have experienced, whoever we are, we're made on purpose. And so the book that I produced uh, started to sell on my birthday, a book of 100 reaffirmations. And I sell those on my site and 100% of profit would go to girls and women's charities because I can. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that, Angela. Can you just tell us a bit about the ups and downs in your journey? And who, who did you kind of lean on? Did you, did you get help? Did you need help? Did, was there someone there or people there to help you along in that, in that journey? Yeah, it's going to sound very strange again. I have a very strong faith. And that, I believe, has been um, really profound in my existence, who I am and what I do. My mother, um, she has Alzheimer's and she never remembered anyway, but when I was about three or four, my primary school, I was one of, say, five black children in the school. My brother was one of those. And my friend who lived a few doors along, because the area that, that I was raised in was predominantly white. And my friend Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Crew, I believe he's deceased now, Jeffrey, so my friend, he was a few doors up and we were in the classroom and there's all of the hum, you know, sort of like buzz of noise going on in the background. And I could hear Blackie, Blackie. And I was thinking, Blackie. of course, I didn't take any notice. I was a child and it didn't mean anything to me. Blackie. And then he came over and when he got to me, he said, Blackie. And then he said, Angela. And, and then we conversed. And yeah, I couldn't understand that. On the way home, I told my mom, I said, Jeffrey was saying Blackie today. And my mom said, oh, as if she was expecting this, you know, on reflection. And my mom said, Jeffrey doesn't realize that God dropped something special in you to make you that color, but Jeffrey doesn't know. And I felt sorry for Jeffrey. Although that might sound, I don't know what that sounds like, but there is something in me. And that's something that I have in me. It may not be that God dropped something. I believe that to be so. The fact that I'm called Angela, which means angelic being, well. <laughs> but, but as a child, that I believe I absorbed within myself. So I have experienced ups and downs, like most people do. You know, I, I have three wonderful children. I have uh, three uh, lovely grandchildren, beautiful little people. But I'm divorced. I was abused. And the reason I was abused on reflection is because of who I am. I'm not better than anyone and no one's better than me, but I cannot be broken. You know, my Achilles tendon is in red plaster right now. It's not even white. I chose red and I'm going to go to corporate meetings, but I'm going to have red plaster on because why not? I and we can determine our destiny. And based on that um, quote, my mum stated back then and she never remembered has always stuck with me and so I use that to encourage others the thorns are there for a reason if I did not have thorns I would not be who I am in my workplace being the only black woman it was hard and being a mum where I you know my children were my number one and I was told by a senior member of staff once that you know they're going to the pub and I thought good I don't, I don't do pubs I do my home and someone told me that I would never get on. What, for not going to the pub, really? And I was ostracized often. I remember going to a conference with colleagues and it was an overnighter. So in the morning I got up, I put my bags down, kind of in the center of this long table, went to get my breakfast. And when I got back, my bag wasn't there. 
it'd been moved to the end. And I, you know, I reflected on that in my memoirs. It's not going to be war and peace. It'll be just enough for people to get a gist of it, not feel sorry for me, but just look at their, compare their own experiences and then use those stumbling blocks as stepping stones and then to step as high as possible. And all these little things in different parts of my life could really have crushed me. But I feel, even now, I feel that there are people that will not understand me. That's fine. But then they won't understand the impact that they have on others for the bad. And the other thing is in terms of talent, which we hear about, you cannot identify me as talent unless you're better than me. There's no talent. We all went to the same school. My parents always told me I had to work twice as hard, which I did. So you can't identify me as talent. I can identify you. And so it's about really, you know, the new word on the street, you know, by our um, this is about leveling up. And leveling up means about respecting yourself, respecting others and enabling them to be. And that's kind of been my life work in terms of ups and downs. Everyone has, you know, bill drops on your mat and you haven't got the finance to, you know, to pay. But, you know, they, it doesn't last forever. Situations are subject to change. Oh, Angela, gosh, I, I could, I'd love to have a long, not never mind coffee, but a really long chat with you one day. There's so much that you're saying there. It's interesting. It's just been International Women's Day and I was asked to give a lot of talks. I've got five years on you, see, so I'm 66. So you all know that in when I was starting up my career, women were, there, were not, there weren't very many women. And I was, I guess you'd say pioneering, but it didn't feel it at the time. It was just kind of, oh, that's good. That's an opportunity, you know. And But looking back, I, I was talking about, I think it's very easy to be, oh, it was really hard and it was really whatever. But, you know, we've each got to deal with the hand we're given. And I, I do point out that men have a lot of things. You know, sometimes they didn't go to the right school or they didn't play golf. Don't let's focus on what didn't work, but let's focus on what we've got. Yeah. And I think that's what you're doing all through that. And the reason I'm reflecting on that is because I think it's very easy as people start reaching this later stage of life to feel they're being penalised by their age. Now, I haven't got research. I'm going to talk to a researcher later this week. But I have a theory that if you, if you sit there expecting to be judged against because of your age, you sort of create that in somebody's mind. I don't know whether this is, this is all sounding nonsensical. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you have got things about you and you go out to the world, Never, I don't even think about age. I mean, I keep talking about it because it's relevant to what we're doing now. Yeah. But otherwise, my age is completely irrelevant. I've got so many things I've got to do still. And I've got 20, 30 years of plans ahead. And hopefully, you know, the dear Lord will let me continue on and finish those. I think what you're showing here is in spades that you have got the energy, the ideas. Go and do it and things happen. I really hope this inspires other people that whatever you do, I think when we reach this age, it's a complete blessing because we've got so much behind us. We've got so much in contacts, resources, people, ways of knowing how to make things. Oh, you're such an inspiration, Angela. Right, never mind about all of that. Now, so what now, the thing we need to know then, what's next on the horizon for you, Angela? So what's next? Well, I want to publish my um, poetry and it's really my life in poetry form. And I'm going to put a couple more to film. The, the short model is the film that, that I produced last year. And it 
was I was a model when I was age 24. So it's old as a model. And I was short, I was only five foot six, but I said I was five foot eight. But I had an afro and they pressed it right the way down. So yeah, but, but there were lots of lessons from that in terms of I learned how to apply makeup and you become an image of yourself as opposed to who you really are. And I lived as an image and through that image, I felt confident. But I also then created training programs, a catalyst from the programs that I had delivered in prison about yourself and identity and so on. And many women would become images of themselves in order to be accepted and also to feel um, they fit in. And even young girls, you'll see people from my community. I mean, my hair is silver and I have no intentions of changing the colour because it's there for a reason and I stand out. And, and so what I'm looking to do is to publish my book. There isn't anything that you've gone through that you can't get over. So it's really encouragement. And I'm going to do a couple more films. And I want to increase my um, like speaking engagements. I, I love doing it. I spoke many years ago at a uh, conference and someone reached out to me and remembered the words that I said. That was really profound. I won't speak for long. I'll just drop a few nuggets and then let people go on. There's the seed. Now it's up to you. And so that, that's what I'm going to be doing more of. I'm going to be also working with a couple of former colleagues. This is hot off the press. It's not public yet. So all of the skills that I've amassed over the years, they're not going into a box. And I don't like knitting. So I'm not going to be a granny sitting knit. That's just not going to happen. So, so I'm going to be using what I have also to enable others. I chair the Violent Crime Prevention Board, which we're, we're hosting an award ceremony um, next week. And I, just being creative, I've got some really terrific people that I'm working with. And the idea is that I'm here and I need to enable others if they want to have access to who I know, what I know, so they get a leg up to where they want to be. And so I think that's what my purpose is. I, um, I ran a, a youth group for seven years. And when I um, retired from the youth group, I put myself uh, in a position of seniority, right? I'm not doing hands-on anymore. Because if I keep doing hands-on, who do they look up to? So I put myself at the table. So uh, Cressida Dick has bad press at the moment. But if you said Angela Herbert, she'd know who I am. And across the country, people know who I am. I've put myself there. Um, so that I can make a difference. I'm not here to criticise, I'm here to help develop and build. And there are lots of things that are wrong, but we can fix it if we don't just talk about it. So I'm, I'm hoping to do more of that. But yeah, the speaking, I love that. Uh, so I, I do um, podcasts for every woman and, and I'm going to um, launch my own podcast series from Made on Purpose. It's not going to be long, it's going to be just you know, a few minutes, which will be centered around um, the affirmations that I've written, and I'll, I'll be um, putting that out. My son, as well as being a, a project um, manager within his role, he also is an, an engineer. So he he's an artist and also does engineering. So my poetry that uh, it has music in the background, my son's created that. And, and the film, which I'm going to do a couple more of, I've got young young people, the producer, uh, the director is 18 years of age, the producer um, and videographer, he was 20, and the editor, he was like 20, children, 
to me, children. And I want to give people opportunities. Like say, oh, they did this and then they can fly. You know, if, if Dr. Andrew Herbert MBE, if you can stand on my shoulders and then go, then do it. Fantastic. Angela, your story is inspiring. It, it really is inspiring. You obviously have a very strong sense of purpose in, in your life, in what you do. And the path has kind of taken a number of turns. You've made it happen. And maybe you won't want to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Mm -hmm. If you look back, you know, the whole journey from your 24-year-old self volunteering, is there anything you'd have done differently? And, and the reason I ask is, what kind of advice would you give to people who have worked for a long time, maybe done the same thing, unlike you, done the same thing for a long time, and are now facing, what do I do next? A few little nuggets that you could give people looking yeah. back on your whole life? Mm -hmm. One of them would be to, to identify allies. Identify allies. There are people that have a vested interest in you, not because of what they can get, but because of who you are. And so, so I ally, I do that for many people. And, you know, reflecting with their, with their uh, individuals, I uh, carried on alone and I probably didn't need to. I did that because it was difficult to know who to trust. And so I probably worked harder than I needed to because perhaps there was an ally, you yeah. know, perhaps. And so that um, one thing. Um, the other is, you know, um, when you're younger and you're in a job and you face challenges because of a mortgage and because of children, because of things you've got to do, I think people are actually scared to speak out, even if they're right. Yeah. And, and that's something, I, I, was I scared? Yes, because I was the breadwinner in my home. I was raising my children, I was doing all this. And so I couldn't risk that. I couldn't sacrifice my children for what I knew was right. But upon reflection, nothing could have happened, but I didn't know that. And so it would be um, to speak out because you know, sometimes not speaking out advertently makes you collude. So it's really about looking at situations through different lenses. There is nothing anyone could do. What's the worst that can happen? Someone's going to murder you? Come on. And, and even if someone attempted to, whatever card is dealt, you have the uh, antidote to deal with. And, and I know that now. There, there is nothing that I've experienced that I did not have the resource to deal with. I'm gonna tell you a story. It's not a story, this is a, an incident that happened in my life. I was abused by a gentleman. I, I'll call him a gentleman because he clearly wasn't. And in uh, last year, I faced the individual. We'd gone to court and I hadn't had time because I was a child. Uh, I would not have had the opportunity to, to look at this person in the eye, it, albeit virtually, and to say what I did, you know, to talk and to speak from that child's voice, but now as who I am. And I'd been looking for this individual because I wanted the opportunity to do this. And the individual looked for me on LinkedIn, had looked at my profile, and I quickly was, oh, hello, how are you? I'd really love to have a conversation. Yes, great. Okay, great. Give me your number, gave me his number. 
and I was able to look at this person. And I think that was probably one of the only areas that I felt I, I really would have loved to have done something about. And being able to do that, I cannot tell you how powerful that was. And why am I saying this now? Because there are so many women that have gone through things. This person support my dad, which then made me feel you know, we, there's, there's nothing, you know, if someone's going to fight the one person that could protect you, then you, you've had it really. And there are so many people that have women and men that have gone through experiences. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go quickly to George Floyd in full sight of the press media. We all saw the execution of this man. And what that said to me was, you know, there's racism. It said that you can do nothing about it. There's nothing you can do. And that was the feeling if I were to reflect on that. And to be able to talk to this individual and say, look, I don't know if I'm gonna to go to the police because I can if I want to, but I need to think about what I want. Yeah. And so, but I did say to the individual, up until now, I have had this in mind, but from now on to the, for the rest of your life, you will have it in mind because you don't know when the door is going to knock, if it's the police, has Angela done anything? Because I don't know what I'm going to do. But I said, make sure you tell your wife of 38 years, make sure you let your children know because I would not want it to be a shock. I can't tell you how powerful that was. Yeah. And so don't let little individuals yeah. prevent you from being who you were destined to be. And that's why I made on purpose. Oh gosh, Angela. It's early in the morning and it's sort of, that's kind of got to me. That's an extraordinary story. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. But you know what? I, I don't even know where to begin the things that you've raised here. Of course, I am looking at things particularly from an age perspective. Mm -hmm. Equally, I do think women think there's a particular thing about women. I, I hear this phrase, women become invisible once they've had the menopause. I, I don't understand it if I'm perfectly honest, and I don't think you would understand it. But we, both of us, Trevor and I, we run workshops to help people. At the moment, they're quite senior people, but we're expanding to help everybody now. And people are really worried about this next stage of life. I think when you've done something, one thing for most of your life, you know, in an organization, of course you've progressed, but you, yeah. they use the phrase things like, I'm institutionalized and yeah. I, my career has been blessed. I hear that a lot. They recognize, you know, they're yeah. extremely lucky. But they then it's the next step is hugely daunting for, yeah. for a lot of people. You are showing how if you have got so many interests and people and things, you look at the world and think, what needs changing? What could I do? Not what they need to do always. What could I do? then I am guessing, Angela, you are not worried about, you said you were retiring in a few months. I, I'm guessing that that's not a worry to you. Would I be right there? That, that is completely right. Because you remember I said that I had two parallel worlds. Yes. But the two do converge because what I do in the community, I do a lot of um, work with the police and communities and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, the work that I do in custody, um, they, they kind of merge somewhat. But I've always maintained who I am the organization does not define me no, and, yeah. and in actual fact none of my experiences define me per se yeah um, they help to make me 
yes. um, and help me to make um, decisions. And, you know, I, and I do not separate personal from, from professional, which yeah. is why I said the thing that I did, because people go into themselves. There isn't, uh, I talked about talent earlier on. You can't identify me as talent. If, if I've been working in an organization or institution for many years, what do I now know? I mean, I'm an expert then. Uh, yeah. if, if I've been filing for the last 40 years, I can file. So then there are young people that want to file, but they don't have to go through ABC. There's another way that you can do it. And, yes. and, and so you can fast track people. So it's about identifying who you are. Um, I run a program called Aspirational You. And so it's about your dream. And how often do you sit and actually write, what is it I would do if I blah, blah. And they're little things often. And identify some of the skills that you've amassed from this institution. The institution doesn't define you because you're a person first. And so if you keep personal and professional intertwined, mm -hmm. then you don't get to a point where you are put out to pasture by the, an organization because of your age. You use, you use you look, first of all, you get a lump sum to recognize that you've done all of this work over the years. And so you get this lump sum and then you get money every month. It's not the same as your salary, but you get something every month. But then what can you do with all the stuff that you've got? Who needs help? I mean, look, let's say I said uh, I, that I would take risks, get allies. So who do you know? And what risk would you take? Because what's the worst that can happen? You're gonna be fired? What? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. just do it. I mean, I like Nike, you know, the Nike yeah. tick, just do it. Just do it. What's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? You get free blinking prescriptions as well. <laughs> you have to pay for your glasses, but you get free, you know, and it's an honor. I feel an honor, but my hair lost its jet blackness. When my father passed away, I was age 49, my hair went and menopause went with him as well. So my hair color and menopause. And Trevor, block your ears. But I mean, now you can wear lingerie that is like on top not for anybody else but you can do stuff i mean you you've got to look at those stumbling blocks as stepping stones otherwise they're stumbling blocks there isn't anything that is past our way that is not there to help build us up uh, if you're retiring from an organization it's the end of a new beginning because there's something else yeah. you know there's something else ahead and and i think it's it's a state of mind it's definitely a state of mind. So you can look at it as, yeah, I cannot get over that or I can stand on that and then I can reach higher and make the most of your, you know, of your um, evening, evening as in the time of your life. You know, you start off in the morning, you have the afternoon and now you're in the evening and the stuff that you've learned in the day, pass that on to people that are just coming in and make use of this because life is not promised. Tomorrow's not promised. So I live today. I've heard it said, you know, live today like, like it was your life. I live today like it's today because it's my day. What a great note to finish this interview on, Angela. Oh, goodness me. This is inspiring to so many. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we want to come back and hear what next for you, Angela. Angela, we hadn't met before, but it was a real privilege to hear your story and, and honestly, we get a really strong sense of who you are and what you're about. 
And as I say, it, it was a privilege to talk to you. Thank you so much. Okay, and thank you, thank you so much for um, having me on on um, your podcast. And I do hope that there will be a drop of something that will inspire someone that's listening. Yeah, hook me up on madeonpurpose.org. I, I I love that. I loved hearing her story. I mean, we know we energizing. We we talk about stuff like purpose, and and you meet someone who's had a purpose their entire lives uh, and so convincing and articulate uh, thoughtful and willing to share you know it is quite extraordinary well what I got from I, I said just at the end of the interview you know when I think about so many people that we work with who just have no idea what next and yeah. at the beginning of our workshop they start out a large percentage apprehensive most people are apprehensive and uncertain about the next stage I don't suppose that even the apprehension <laughs> where would that be with Angela but what strikes me is I mean, the things I've written down are you know that she's always done something on her birthdays I really like that you know something with purpose what a good sort of discipline to get into yeah it's not just about you but doing something for other people is what she was really saying in there nothing prevented me she said you get experiences for a reason now I like that phrase because I think that might help people think what experiences because she was talking about pass them on and we don't really talk because this bit about purpose we haven't cracked really how we help people with it go on you know she well that I was absolutely struck by her story about something her mother said when she was a very young yes. child. That that idea that there's something really? there's uh, a drop, yes. there's something dropped in you and that's there for a reason. And what she said about when you come to the end of a career or you know you come to a big a fork in the road, she said, you know, look inside yourself. You know, you've yeah. developed, you've developed experience and skills and know-how in whatever you've done and at the very least you can use that to help other people <laughs> I thought well there's the answer you know if you can't do anything else yeah you're an expert in something yeah everybody is yes and I thought you even know, if it's filing she said you, you can oh, tell exactly how to cut the filing yeah and I thought you know what that's a starting point you know that's a very very good starting point I've got to concentrate now for the rest of the day, but I'm not sure. I think I'll keep coming back to <laughs> Angela. She's, she's fantastic. Yeah. Now, you've been inspired by Angela as we have. We have lots of other guests who hopefully each one is inspiration in a different way. So please do subscribe. It's next-up.com. Don't forget the hyphen. And on our website and in the podcast, you'll find all sorts of people talking about this stage of their life, which isn't always easy. And you can subscribe to our podcast and hopefully end up grinning the way that Trevor and I have because we can't stop smiling. And hopefully that will help you to keep smiling. So please join us next time. Uh, we will attempt to line up even more <laughs> inspiring guests. Please visit our website, next-up.com. We look forward to speaking to someone fascinating and inspiring next time.